Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. First wide receiver taken odds. We have takes from the listeners, but Jamie said, you know what, Chris? Nah. The, in the pre-show, he was like, I want to start today's show by making your life miserable. I want to talk yep. about Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets, and there's nothing that Jamie enjoys more than putting me in terrible situations and making things awkward for me. And so he wants to talk about Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets. So, Jamie, I cede my time to you, my friend. Take us on whatever journey you would like to take us on here to start the show. Yeah, if you if you'd like to hear Chris's thoughts on this, you can you can check out yesterday's TDN Daily on YouTube and in the podcast feed as, as apropoly named TDN Daily yeah. uh, to to kind of hear all of his thoughts there and uh, go back and forth on some Packers fans that that joined in on the live what chat. What's that it's all a about? Interesting there. Packers uh, fans found me yesterday. But here's the context in which I want to talk about this because I'm sure a lot of you are rolling your eyes like, oh God, Aaron Rodgers, I don't want to hear about this shit anymore. Like, I get it. I don't want to hear about this shit anymore first, either. And Chris wants to hear it less than anyone else. The first e-tag for the podcast ever because I'm not editing it out. We're keeping it in. Let's go. Good. Good. Because I'm sick of it too. But we are close to the draft. The Jets have three top 50 picks. True. And the latest report that came out I don't know if it was super late Wednesday night or super early Thursday morning, whatever combination there was that a, a deal doesn't look like it's going to get done before draft night. And there's obviously there's differences on what compensation you can give if it's a post July one trade and also, or excuse me, post June one trade, blah, blah, blah. Can we completely rule out the idea that the jets, if this continues on another two weeks that they just say, screw it. We're not waiting or we're not going to take the chance and wait. We, if we get Aaron Rodgers, great. We'll get him for a year, but we're going to take a young quarterback. Will you allow me the opportunity to go down this rabbit hole? Because I've done it multiple Let's times. Let's do it. Let's do it. I don't think we can immediately rule it out. I don't think it's a very likely outcome, but I will tell you why I think it could be possible. Okay. Tell me if you disagree with any of these preconditions that I want to put on this conversation. Precondition number one. It is more likely than not that Aaron Rodgers is only going to play one season in New York. I would say if you're, if you're hoping for anything more, it's gravy. Precondition number two. Zach Wilson is not the long-term answer at quarterback for the New York Jets. It's, it seems to me very clear that they have made that determination. Condition number three. If the Jets are making a trade for Aaron Rodgers, they feel as if their roster is in a very good shape to compete in a window here to contend. Agreed. Okay, so with that being said, if a scenario on draft night plays out where a quarterback that they like, for argument's sake, because I have to pick a name of a guy that I think could be available, if Will Levis is available, at, let's There's say, two names, right? I think it's Richardson I, 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 and Levis. I don't, well, no, I think it's Levis and Hooker, maybe. Like, oh, I, I don't I, think... I, I haven't entertained Hennon Hooker, but yeah, so three. I, I mean more so like I don't expect Richardson to fall there, but I, I get your point. I guess one of Richardson or Levis to, to fall yes. in that spot. But uh, to me, it's more so of I don't see the Jets trading up for a quarterback. Somebody's going to have to either land in their lap at 13 or land in their lap at, what is it, 43 and 44? 42 so, and 43 is what they have. 42 and 43. So, I mean, that is 
very po- – I mean, well, if they're in on Hooker, he's going to be available at 13. Mm-hmm. If they're in on Levis or Richardson, they could be available at 13. They, Maybe Hooker falls to 42. And he, here's the scenario that I'd like to play out. If they truly love one of those guys, let's say they love Anthony Richardson. I'm just guessing for the sake of this conversation. But if he's available when Atlanta's picking at eight, could they move up five spots? What would it actually cost them to move up to five spots? They could do it. They could. I'm not saying, again, I'm not saying it's no, likely. I mean, I'm not saying it's at the top option. But they, they could. could they yeah. could do it. And here's why they could do it. These are the reasons why they could do it. They are going to need to get another franchise quarterback that they're going to want to build around after Rodgers retires, if he retires, at the end of 2023. So they would need to get another quarterback anyway. If they have any level of success with Rodgers, they're not going to be in a position to draft a Caleb Williams or a Drake May. So if they love a guy now, they can take that guy, and guess what? If they're still able to make the Aaron Rodgers trade happen because they're able to work it out and there's future compensation, there's going to be not a single Jet fan on this earth that's going to require Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, or Hendon Hooker to play. They're going to be like, we know what this plan is. We're going to play Aaron, and if Aaron wants to stay for two years, great. If he doesn't, we've got the plan already baked in. Now, I will tell you, I don't see a scenario in which they do this in lieu of trading for Aaron Rodgers, but if they want to expedite the leverage a little bit, if Will Levis and, is available and they trade up to eight and make the pick, you don't think Mark Murphy's sweating a little bit in Green Bay about how this is going to play out? And, and I think that's where, like, if they are truly far apart now, we don't really know how far apart they are. This could just be uh, – the reporters haven't talked in, in a bit, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're far apart. They might be closer than we think, and they just kind of got to a stalemate. But the Jets need to have some more leverage in their back pocket because the one thing that the Packers can hold over their head is – who are you going into the season with as your quarterback? Mm-hmm. That's the one thing they can hold over their heads right now, and they don't have a good answer for it. But if they draft that player, doesn't preclude them from getting Aaron Rodgers. I'm Again, I'm of the mind this needs to be a post-June 1 trade anyway, so you'd be getting compensation for the following season. It gives them a better chance to get a deal done quickly and get a more favorable deal for themselves going like, okay, if we have to go into the season with Will Levis or Hendon Hooker, we'll do it. Yeah, it's risky because I, As think, a negotiating I think Joe yeah. Douglas and Robert Sala need to find success this year in order to keep their job. And that, to me, is always what has pushed yeah. them into the Aaron Rodgers waters. But again, and we're using Will as the example quarterback here, but let's say they truly love Will. They could take Will yeah. and still trade for Aaron Rodgers and feel really good about their long-term situation. In fact, in fact, Jamie, would you not agree? That might be pretty good for Will. Sit for a year, not be asked to do a whole lot. There is no quarterback that can come into the NFL that would not benefit from sitting at least one season. Not so a single one. There's a way I can spin this tale to where it's a good thing. Do I think it's likely? Correct. No. But if the Jets, who again feel their roster's in pretty good shape, if they love one of these quarterbacks and they want to set themselves up long term, they could do it. Again, not right likely, now, but I think it's not likely. I think it is a possibility that we should entertain. And before we transition back, I think this is how we can transition back to the betting side, is you can bet on this. You can. The Jets' odds right now, it's on FanDuel, to take a quarterback with their first pick is 25 to 1. So if this Galaxy bra- – I have, Chris, I have not bet on this, so don't worry. Um, but if I, if you want to Galaxy brain this scenario to, in, to your own head, want to throw a couple bucks on it, you can do it. They are 70, plus 7,500 to be the team that drafts Will Levis, according to FanDuel. 
interesting. Also, by the way, Christian, you know what I just realized? What did you just that I've realize? Been an hour, that I've been an hour off this whole time, and that I didn't realize I asked you to start recording this an hour before we normally would. I thought we were recording on time. Oh, That's well, how discombobulated I was. Well, here we are. Um, we're recording yep. the show. and you, This means nothing to anybody right, listening other to than, this time Other wise, than you but, and I. And I wasn't really going to bring it up because like, I just assumed your day had cleared up and you were just ready to go. And I was like, sure, man, no problem. I, I mean, I was re- I was ready to go at the moment, but I just got the notification. It's like your podcast yeah, recording is in a half hour. And yeah, I went, oh, yeah, that's okay. I see what happened oh. here. Nope, no problem at all. Here we are doing doing the show here. Well, here uh, we are. That's, that's Jets and Aaron Rodgers. Again, I still think the deal gets done and I think it gets done <laughs> – I don't know, a month or two after the draft. Like, I'm not worried about it. Joe Douglas, the most tight-lipped person in the world, in front of a, a angry crowd of drunk Jets fans, was like, don't worry, he's coming. Like, he's going to be here. I'm not, I, I don't think Jets fans yeah, should I, worry I, too I think, much about it. I think it'll get done in the end. What will get done in the end is a wide receiver will hear their name called first. It, it has to happen. Somebody's got to be the first person. I, I, the Chris, I, I'm with you. Yeah. I, I'm going to I'm going to pound the table for over 0.5 wide receivers drafted this year. So I'm going to do it. Somebody go has to be the first wide receiver taken. We are going to discuss who that person should be. So Jamie, do you want to set the table with where the current odds sit, what names are being mentioned, and then we can discuss the pros and cons of these players and who we think uh, we would take if we were in the position, and then maybe who we think will be taken in the position. Yeah, so if, if you've been following this for a while, you, you know the midseason favorite was Jordan Addison out of USC. As we got closer to the college football playoff and that run there, Quentin Johnston took over uh, and was the odds-on favorite for a significant portion of this process until the combine. And that is when we saw post-combine and his elite agility numbers that Jackson Smith and Jigba slowly crept his way up from the points where he was third or fourth on the board – to the odds-on favorite and has consistently stayed there over the last couple months or month and a half or so now. Uh, he's minus 250 right now. Uh, I've seen him as high as minus 300, but he's kind of hanging between minus 200 and minus 300, but he is the consensus favorite across the board. Uh, I have thought since prior to this move, I have a JSN plus 275 ticket uh, from before the move to be the first receiver off the board uh, that I placed back in February. So I'm I'm pretty excited about that. I've thought that he would move into the spot for a while, and there there I have some reasons for that. Jordan Addison's size is a concern, and obviously his his testing at the combine wasn't great. Uh, and Quentin Johnston's never open, and we, we could we could talk about a lot of different things, but I just it scares me. Like I love the size. I see that I understand the you know he's the prototypical X receiver that some of these other guys aren't. I have some concerns about whether or not this is the guy I, I would take on day one. And quite frankly, I would not take him on day one. I think he's, I think everybody other than JSN is a day two receiver for me. The interesting move here is a guy that has slowly moved up and at one point was, I believe, sixth on this board. And now he's, twi- uh, excuse me, second everywhere. That's Zay Flowers. Yeah, this is, this has been trendy. This has been the guy that has seen his name rise up the boards late in this process. Yeah, his odds are better now than Jordan Addison, better than Quentin Johnston. He leapfrogged Jalen Hyatt and Josh Downs. Uh, I'm st- I'm of the mind that I, I do believe Zay Flowers will go in the first round. The things that we've heard from the se- from you know from this from Senior Bowl time through the combine is that the league is really high on him. Um, obviously, he wasn't at the the Senior Bowl, but. You know, it's the people are talking there. You get a chance to talk to people that have that have watched the tape on him. He's liked a lot, and I think his ceiling could be as high as 14 overall. I mean, I think there's a legitimate chance that he could go to a, a place like New England. 
Would I take him to the first receiver off the board? No, because I, I don't see a lot of teams that would have Flowers above JSN. And I think that would be my big concern. I think there's – I think right now if I took a look, and I know this isn't part of the show, but these odds just appeared. So I want to bring it up slightly here. The over-under right now on total wide receivers in round one. The over-under is four and a half. And when I say it is juice to the under – it's minus 670 to the under. Like they they do not want you to bet the under here. And I agree with them because I think there's a legitimate chance. I think there's a better chance one wide rec- only one wide receiver goes in the first round than five wide receivers go in the first round. Hit me, hit me with that one more time. Hit me with that statement one more time. Maybe that's my takes on takes for today. That's later I think on there's in the a show. Better, I know. I think there's a better chance that only one receiver comes off the board in round one then five or more come off the board in round one. Yeah, I, I, you know how I feel over under four and a half. Three is yeah. my number for me personally. I think three get their yeah. name called. And I think three is probably the max I'm willing to go. Like if somebody said three and a half, under, right? Like, I would I, I, like two yep. and a half, over, but not. I don't feel great about it. Um, I, I think JSN, the concerns about the fact that he didn't play m- – at all in 2022 pretty much yeah were mitigated by how he tested at throughout this process right he checked the boxes that people were, were worried about at his pro day again doesn't doesn't make change the fact that he didn't play in 2022 but there were people that were concerned about okay well you've got that and then if he doesn't test well you're going to add all this yep. up and not sure if I can take him as the first guy off the board the testing well part of it allows that to be the thing that's most recent in your memory plus the conversations that you're going to have with him that allows him to still be in the mix so I'm good with that to me I, I, I and it's somewhat fatigue. Jordan Addison was still one of the best receivers in college, and I understand there are size oh, yeah. concerns. I get that, and I understand the testing wasn't great, but you can't ignore the production that he actually had first at Pitt and then last year in that USC offense. He's a highly productive wide receiver. So for me, he should still be in the mix. I still think he hears his name called on day one, and I'm with you, Jamie. I think if I'm going to buy into one of the two players that is, I would put in the bucket of the hype late in the process. You're either going to pick Zay yeah. Flowers or you're going to pick Josh Downs, right? You're going to pick one of those two guys. Um, I think I'm a bigger believer in Zay Flowers. Yeah, and I think both guys are going to be really good. Um, you- and, and I think the reality is there are a lot of second-round caliber receivers in this draft right now. And, a couple, and they're going to go in the first. Yeah. I, I think what, what's interesting to me in particular here is where Quentin Johnston falls and where Addison falls. Because if we want to talk about this from a – uh, whether we talk about rookie props or you're in dynasty or in fantasy, like we, there's rumblings that the Chargers are really interested in Jordan Addison. Uh, there's rumblings that the Chiefs are very interested in Jordan Addison. And you want to talk about a landing spot where you could potentially get instant production on, right away and hold be on, hold on. We can't offensive rookie no, no, of the no, year no, contender no, 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 instantly. No, we can't allow that to happen. Not allowed. We cannot allow Jordan Addison to the Kansas City Chiefs. We've got to we've got to stop it at all costs. You know, it's it, no, 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 no. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the Chiefs trade up to get a receiver. No, either. it better not be Jordan not, Addison. Not high. We can't but do high, this. Like into the 20s. L- folks, listen to me. You don't want this. You don't want Patrick <laughs> Mahomes being able to throw the ball to Jordan Addison. It would be bad news feels for the like, league. Bad news. Feels like such a Kansas City move. Feels like such a Kansas City move. Would be bad, bad news. Um. Oh. So I'm looking at FanDuel and their odds. Yes. What are we doing with Keishan Butte still being on the board here? What are we doing? Uh, just stealing money. Right. I mean, come on. Just stealing money. Is he a day two? Is he even a day two player? You 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 could put those. What is it? Hundred to one. You could give me a hundred to one odds that he. I, I wouldn't take a hundred to one odds that he goes over any of the other receivers they list. More or less, all of them. 
Like those odds, like I don't know what those odds would have to be for me to bet on it. A million to one. <laughs> yeah, I just don't, I don't I don't think he hears his name called on day one or day two. I really don't. No, I think there's too many other good players in that like tier two and three bucket. That like like I would think I think I'd rather have Marvin Mims over Keishon Boutte. Marvin Mims, Cedric Tillman. Uh, uh, I mean, there there are, there are other options before you you get there. Like I've just, I mean, I I think he's more in that next group ish with like the Jaden Reeds and some of these other oof. players. Like I know Jaden had a good senior bowl, but oof, that's not. I, I don't see those but guys. What, what has Keishon Boutte done ever? No, I agree. I And he did not have a good <laughs> like, year this year. And it's not like LSU no. was bad. On the field or off the right. field. Right. It, 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 it was good year was bad. Year. It was bad in both regards. So, and it didn't it particularly test anything spectacular either. So, so yeah, like the, you put the complete picture know. together. You can't feel great about it. So You know what this feels like? You know what this feels like? And this is going to be a weird name to because to, to, it's not a receiver. This feels like, and weird. not with the off the field stuff, the seven bakes arc. Where we came into the year with like seven banks was a first round corner and then struggled, didn't get on the field, had these issues. And it was like seven banks and Sean Wade. I think both those guys would be good comps of like where we thought of them. They do absolutely nothing. And then they, they go test. Their testing numbers aren't special. And everybody remembers the name, but they go super late. Like that's what I feel like is happening here. Uh I would take Jordan Addison as the first wide receiver off the board. Me personally, he's my wide receiver one. I do think it's going to end up being a JSN just to kind of close out this this arc of this uh, topic here yeah. on the show today. Uh, I think for you, it's JSN in both regards, right? The player that you would take yes. in the top spot um, as the top wide receiver and the guy that you think uh, will be the top wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, we get to takes on takes. Ooh, first, okay. take from, first take from RC here as we close out the show. Take. Mistakes will be made by overweighting the S2 cognitive test. It's one data point, not the data point. Can I I need to know the people that are in charge of the S2 cognitive test because they have done a great job getting every yeah. important media member to talk about this and it's great yeah. publicity for what, whatever other stuff that they have. Cuz I got to tell you, I do, wouldn't know what an S2 cognitive test was if I tripped over it. I had no idea this was a thing. Um uh, I was vaguely aware of the existence of it, but had oh, not thought oh, about come it in on. any capacity. You knew about yeah, this? Cause yeah, because it was around last year. But does it make does it make me a does it make me a bad member of the draft community that I didn't know this? Like I didn't know this no. was a thing. I no, also no. can this I share no, something with you? No. I don't care about the Wonderlick test either. Well, well Chris, I should make this clear. I knew the name. I couldn't tell you what it was if you asked me before this, but I had heard the about the test and that certain guys had scored well. Um, so I, I think that there's two points to, the, there's two ways to approach this take. I think to your point, Chris, the media latching onto this test, I believe has given it a life that it doesn't actually have behind the scenes. I do think teams, and, and I don't know this for a fact, and I cannot wait actually this next cycle to start asking some people about this that work in the NFL specifically, like what, how do they evaluate this? Where does this go into your study? Uh, but I, I think it's becoming a bigger deal in the media than it is in NFL front offices. I also think some of this, and again, I, I want to stress this point and I, I don't want to toot my own horn here, but I'm going to go toot toot. The S2 test is not why the Panthers like, a, like, like Bryce Young. A pan flute? Clarinet, just a, a clarinet, a recorder, a recorder. That's oh, that, yeah. What about what about a harmonica? What kind of what kind of Ooh. horn? Like a do we want to? Yeah. That's a that's the pan flute, right? 
that thing, and you're gonna, folks, in the podcast, listen, I don't you're know. gonna have to go to the. This YouTube is not a. I, I'm not a music. Oh, yeah, I'm not. This a is a good bit person. though. So know. pan flute. All right, so it's a pan flute. So you're tooting the pan flute. Sure, I'm. 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 I'm tooting. I'm Rudy tooting my fresh and fruity. Whatever it is, I'm doing, Chris. But here's the thing: we are going, and I, and I dropped this in the TDN Premium chat, which, by the way, if you're not a part of Cheap Plug, make sure you join TDN Premium, join our Discord. Blah 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 blah. Okay. The point here is, I dropped this in. I said the media 180. And the knots they're going to twist themselves in to explain why the pick isn't C.J. Stroud is going to be nuts, because everybody was so damn convinced, and I've been tell I've been pounding the table every chance I've gotten on any platform that I've gotten that C.J. Stroud was in the in the running, but was nowhere near the consensus in the Panthers' room, and he never was at any point in the process was he ever the consensus in, inside that room, despite what people would like to tell you, or like to pontificate. So when it comes out that Bryce Young had a mon- on Will Levis, by the way, a monster S2 cognitive test. The narrative is going to initially be from people like, oh, they like CJ Stroud until the test results, and right. now they like Bryce Young. And that's what That's not mind. what happened. That is not what happened. It's just not. It, it helped. Sure. Did it help Bryce? Sure. What helped Bryce was his pro day. When I, and, and I believe I said this quote on the air of Panthers people that were at the pro day went, I didn't realize his arm was that good. We undersold his arm talent. And that's what pushed them over the top on him. But they are, they, they like Rich. There are different people that like Richardson, that like CJ Stroud, that like Bryce Young, and their owner likes Will Levis. So these was, this was always a four horse race. So, and that's where I talked about that ad nauseum in our number one pick show. And now it's already antiquated because everybody finally caught up to us. Mm-hmm. But, of like this idea that CJ Stroud was got the guy, like I, I and I, I won't call out who did it because I, I don't feel like I need to, and I have respect for this person. But there was a tweet going around from a person in the NFL community that has carries some respect and has my respect. But he said, paraphrasing here, that essentially the entire Carolina Panthers staff wants CJ Stroud. And only David Tepper wants Bryce Young. It's categorically untrue. Just categorically untrue. There are, there are, yes, there are members of Carolina staff, coaching and front office staff that like CJ Stroud as their QB1. It is not a consensus. It has never been a consensus. It won't be a consensus. So the idea that I just, people are trying to twist themselves into all these knots to explain away a narrative that was media created. At no point in the process did the Panthers tab C.J. Stroud as the one and only guy. Not when they made the trade, not before they made the trade, not after they made the trade. I literally talked to somebody in that organization the day the trade was made. After the trade was made. So I'm just telling you, like, sure, was C.J. Stroud in consideration? Absolutely he was. He was very as, as much in consideration as all those other quarterbacks were, but he was never the favorite. And so now, bringing it back to this, is people hear how well Bryce Young scored, and they're going to just, and I think there's some outright and some implied comments that that's the reason why the Panthers would go Bryce over that. So I, I will turn it around to say that is the side that I sell. The side that I agree on is any of these, any singular test like this that gets weighed as anything more than a data point is a mistake. There is no catch-all stat. There is no catch-all test. There is no catch-all uh, personality quiz 
that leads to success. And quite frankly, if anybody who's ever done anything in whether it was in college or any scientific study or anything like that, where you've had to do all this, you know, you need a large sample size to make any reasonable explanation. And we don't have that right now. There's nothing wrong with keeping this as part of the equation and it should be part of the equation. But I really don't think that NFL teams are making dramatic changes to their board at this point because of that. Is it a tiebreaker? Maybe, maybe, but I don't, I don't know if the tests have been around long enough. And, and quite frankly, let's be honest. A lot of the people that are the old heads in all of sports, they don't just take a, a, something new that comes along and just treat it as gospel. So I, I think a lot of this is, this is a narrative that is being driven by people that aren't actually making these decisions. So our, so are you in on the take or not? I, it was kind of long-winded there. I didn't know. Are you in on the take? Uh, I'm, do you, I, I do will you say re- I'm, not, I'm not in Do you remember the I'm, take? That's that's my follow-up I am not question. In, do you remember I the think, take? No, because here's the thing. I'm not in on the take because I don't think it's happening. But if it were happening, it's a good take. Okay, I'm getting ready for my political career. Yeah, that was such a good political answer there. Uh, this take from the layman's terms. Take, the Chiefs will move up into the early 20s to jump their AFC competition for a blue-chip player. This is where you stole the Jordan Addison thing. I, I did, and I responded there. Uh, take away the blue chip player because there aren't going to be blue chip players in the twenties. But um, I think that comment went back and forth there. But uh, I'm, I'm buying this take. I, I think there's a very good chance that they move up. I would not be surprised if it's for a wide receiver. Uh, I don't know which one they would they would target, but that's a clear need for them. They have ten picks in the draft, I believe, so they have easily capital if they want to bundle some of those picks and move up eight, nine, ten spots in the back end of the first round and really not hurt them that much. I don't think they're making ten picks uh, in this draft, so yeah, I don't see them moving up to like fourteen, or I don't see them doing the the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Detroit Lions trade type of a thing last year where you're moving up what was it eighteen spots or something ended up being nineteen mm-hmm. spots, but. Um, I, I do see them at least attempting to move up in the draft. And quite frankly, they might need to get above the Chargers, which the char- like the Chargers, Ravens. I mean, those are teams that could take Giants. Those are all teams that could take wide receivers Dallas. there in the 20s. Dallas, 26. So, like, uh, I could see them trying to make a move there. I think Seattle at 20 seems like a very interesting trade partner. Take from Bailey. Take Bijan will go top fifteen despite positional value, and he will go before all the tight ends. He should. I do think he'll go before all the tight ends. He should be top fifteen. Should be top ten. He should be top fifteen. So, what are the landing spots for him potentially? Okay. Like eight to the Falcons, uh, ten to Philadelphia. I'm not ruling out seven to the Raiders. I won't do it. It would be easier if they didn't tag uh, Jacob. But, but he hasn't but signed the tag. Could. He hasn't signed the tag yet, and if that's going to be a problem, then yeah, I just feel like the Raiders need so many things. I, but the, the Bears, okay. the Bears okay. at nine could could consider it now. They could. No, they could. I don't. I don't think they would. Philly at ten. Philly at ten is Houston is at twelve. If we do the non QB thing, boom, yeah, sign well, me and, up. And, yeah. How about Arizona at eleven if they make that trade? Oh goodness gracious. Talking about teams that need things, we, we I don't got, think they'll do we it. We have but. so many other things that we need to prioritize. Yeah, but back. You, you got you got an you got an owner that wants to sell jerseys. Could we do it at sell jerseys could we, while could, Kyler's out? Could we do it at fourteen? Could we do it with New England? Yeah. I think New England is absolutely in this equation, whether we like it or not. So there you go. Those are all the teams inside the top so fifteen. All right, I'm gonna say yes. I'm yeah, say I'm, I'm, I'm in on this as well. 
Uh, take, despite the, uh, for Braden, despite the depth of the edge class being solid, the top of the class has become overrated just behind Will Anderson. Okay, so this this is a comment about Tyree Wilson and Nolan Smith. And Lucas Van Ness. And, and Lucas Van Ness. That group of players. I think on principle this is a correct take because these are guys that we would be considering, not Tyree Wilson, but the other guys we would be considering as players to go in the 20s, early 30s in a draft like last year, for example. And I think the lack of depth, the position, the lack of depth across the field of this draft class is pushing these guys up. So I will agree with that take, but I do think the Tyree Wilson hype is deserved. And I think if he would have been healthy throughout this pre-draft process, there would be so much more buzz about him and there would be a lot of buzz about him going second overall. This take from Sam, take Lucas Hennessy's edge six or lower in this class. <sighs> now we got to we're going to do are we going to do the thing here? Yeah, I, I got to We got to do the thing. All right, I'm going to pull it up on my stuff. Uh, so we're going right. to do this. All right, Will, Will Anderson. Uh, I would take Will Anderson. Miles Murphy. I would take Miles Murphy. Tyree Wilson. Yep, three for th that's three. Um, uh, I'm trying to think of other edge players. I'm scrolling through. The I take Nolan, Nolan Smith, Smith as well. Nolan Smith. Okay, four. Um, Derek Hall. I pro Ooh, I think Derek Hall. Okay, I'm, I'm just going through the TD100 and, and looking at the edge position. Yeah, BJ I, but Ocalari. I think this. No, I don't buy him as much as everybody else does. Fe Felix Anuduke Uzoma. No. Dylan Horton. So I, I think that's. Yeah, no. So that's the spot for him. So he's what five. Byron Young, Tennessee Byron Young. I like Byron Young, but no, I take I like Byron Young a lot too. Would you take Adebore? No, not not over Van Ness. Okay, I'm just giving you names. Just giving you names. All right, so that we found we, we, he's like edge four. So we're close. We're close. No, I know to five. No, I had four guys. Uh, no, he had. We had Anderson, Wilson, Nolan Smith, you Murphy, said yes, Murphy, and you said yes to Derek Hall. So he's edge six. Derek yeah. Hall. Agreed. So six. We agree with the take. Oh, I thought I said seven. Sorry. Edge okay. Six so had, or okay, lower. then yes, we edge six or lower. We agree. Agreed. Agreed. This take from Josh from IT take there is no difference. I was hoping we were going to do math better than Kyle and Joe, and yeah, we're not. No, we're just right back in the same. Really boat. not. Yeah, we're just right yeah. back in the same boat. Uh, take there is no difference between a left tackle or right tackle anymore, and Dewan Jones is a top three tackle in this class. Now I will tell you that this tweet, this take was responded to by our resident offensive line guru, the Scout Ooh, Daddy. Mason. The Scout Daddy agreed with the take, saying that he okay. was at left tackle for all of last year, but is now swinging between left and right in the spring so there is a difference the question is 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 there how much of a difference you're, you're doing everything in reverse you basically do you your 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 fundamentals your footwork your hand place everything is a mirror image of what you'll be doing on the other side can it be done yes can it be done at the same level on both sides very rarely so i would I would say this, if you have somebody that you can guarantee that can play you at left tackle and don't have to move them or guarantee that right tackle, you don't have to move them, there's a benefit to that. I think the spirit of this take, I agree with in the fact that we are underrating right tackles. We are underrating and, and if, right if, tackles. I think that's okay. what the, yeah, I think the spirit of this take is that right tackles get hurt because they're not left tackles. And I, I would say that I would not, I, 
I wouldn't play Dewan Jones at left tackle. I wouldn't play Darnell Wright at right tackle. Or left, excuse me, at, at left tackle. If I in, unless I absolutely had to, because I think it's going to take some time to learn that, and you're putting somebody at a disadvantage. But could they learn that position? Yes, they can. But so I'm being wishy-washy again here. You I, I half never, buy this take. Never. You've never done that in your life. I half buy this take because there is a difference. There absolutely is a difference. But I do think the spirit of this is that right tackles are being underrated. On the other side, uh, Dewan Jones' top three tackle in the class. If you categorize Skor- Skoransky as a, a guard, guard, then yes, I can get there. As I do because I, I love him, but I think he's going to be a guard and he's going to be a great guard, but he's going to be a guard. Uh, yeah, because I, I would go Broderick Jones and then I – is my tackle one, and I feel pretty good about that. I'm on the fence with I think the two Ohio State guys are interchangeable for me. And I think that may that might be the spirit of the question. As if Paris Johnson Jr. had his same career at right tackle and Dewan Jones had his at left tackle, I think we'd be having a whole different conversation right now. So maybe that maybe that's what we've uncovered the subconsciousness of this question. This is this where take. this is where we will put a pin in takes on takes because Meepster has a take in which they ranked all 12 quarterbacks in the class. They went through all 12. And Ooh, okay. We're going to start takes on takes on Monday with this. Okay. Oh, just, I, was saying, I was like, oh, no. It's just so lengthy, and it might take up the entire segment, and I don't want to go down this road. So, Meepster, I see your take. We have it bookmarked. It is going to kick off takes on takes on uh, Monday's show. Speaking of Monday's show, next week we get back into uh, win totals, yep. and we move on to our next position uh, of who we think is going to go uh, first at that group. We'll, we'll leave that to be determined. We'll take the weekend, we'll think yeah. about it, and we'll see what position uh, speaks to us. Uh, if you want to send in takes to the show, you can do so at Twitter, at Chris Schubert underscore for me, at Jamie Eisner for Jamie, or if you're a member of the TD and Premium Discord in the Takes on Takes channel. Appreciate everybody joining us throughout the week, rating, reviewing, subscribing to the podcast, enjoying the video version of the show over on the YouTube channel, The Draft Network. Please subscribe over there, hit the notification bell so you know when we, when we post a new video or when we go live. Uh, appreciate everybody joining us this week everybody have a great weekend we'll talk to you on monday thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube